Get him out of here. Out. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and f my sister. We're, we're very, very close to being a great team, but uh, that's it. We're not there yet, and so we have a lot of work to do. Wow. There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint Parker to turn around and take off his pants. Yes. And did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. fucking fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your fucking mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole, and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. What? Mayfield fired, pass is caught at the 35. Bam, all upside his head, just slapped him. They gonna make you slap somebody. So kiss my black I thought the bitch was white! Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to him like that, and I'm gonna talk to you like that. The best part of waking up is Clint Parker. And welcome to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. If you missed anything yesterday, make sure you podcast that there. Every single hour on the program this morning, your shot at $1,000. We'll also send you to see Shinedown, that show March 5th, Cavelli Center, Youngstown, Papa Roach, Asking Alexandria, all part of that. We'll get you hooked up with those as well. And Ghoul Brothers House of Horrors tickets as well. Heard a little Paul Stanley there because, well, Fantone's a dick. And uh, he just likes sticking into my side over the fact that Paul Stanley once upon a time did a Folgers commercial. Never aired, I don't believe. The Clint Parker commercial, I think. Yeah, a little Clint Parker commercial there, too. There. little Clint Parker commercial there, too. I'm excited for Friday. I'm excited for the weekend. All right. Uh, can't wait to see Baker Mayfield on Sunday. Uh, you know, like I said, I, w- I-, I will always do this. I, I was a Sam Darnold guy. Uh, but Baker Mayfield, as dude, he he he. Well, he swept me up in it. There's something in that kid. I don't know exactly what it is, but I can't wait. So Munch, Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Ohio Sports will join us seven o'clock. Can't wait to get his take on that. I, I know Josh Gordon. We're we're gonna hold off on that for for just a minute. Uh, I know Josh Gordon caught Tom Brady's 500th touchdown pass. We'll get into that a little later in the show, but pre-munch because I'm because uh, I'm a little interested. Want to get into that, and then I can't wait to get his take on that because he was like anti-Josh Gordon. He wanted Josh Gordon out a while ago. And so I'm very interested to see what Munch has to say about that and about uh, the production that Josh Gordon has. And personally, my whole thing is, is like, dude, you act like an idiot and got exactly what you wanted. I don't love that. So it's Friday, and uh, if, if for those of you that are in a relationship, I would imagine that you may be getting um, berated the way Fantone and I have by our better halves about this movie that's coming out today with Bradley Cooper in it, A Star is Born. Oh, my God. And Lady Gaga. And do my chick's up already. And she's like hitting me up already. Like, we're going to that today, right? We're going to go, right? Because even though I took her to the nun and I didn't get to see White Boy Rick, here we are again with another movie that, that we're putting in front of White Boy Rick. And so she's on me already this morning. She's like, we're going today, right? I said, yeah, we'll go today. Well, you know, it's Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, and it's going to sell out. And you know how movie tickets go. Just go online. Just get them now. So I, so I go online, and I show her like the Cinemark thing. I'm like, literally every seat in the theater is still open. Really? Yeah, but that's 5 a.m. You don't know what's going to happen. You just you got to know. And I was like, honey, settle down. 
It, we're we're going to be fine. And so sure enough, there I was, 5.30 in the morning, credit card out, Cinemark.com, buying the seats. Like, dude, I got the, I, the she's like, no, I want to sit here, and we got to do this. And so dude, I already have my tickets for Bradley Cooper. I do like the ability to buy and reserve seats in oh, movie yeah, that's theaters nice. now. It is, it's nice. Once upon a time, dude, that was a pain in the ass where you didn't know, was it going to sell out? Was it not going to sell out? Was it going to be an issue where you're going to be able to find a seat? All those things. So that yeah. is nice. Yeah. But, I, dude, I, I can't believe that there, that the whole theater was open. What time are you going to go see it? Well, we're going early. Okay. We're okay. going at 425. Okay. Okay. She's getting out of work a little early today, and we have uh, we have dinner reservations at, at Bender's at, for 830. So we're like, ah, we'll sneak the movie in early. And then you know we'll just kind of go downtown, hang out, have a couple of cocktails, and then go to dinner. I don't know if it was uh, if it's like the early copy or whatever, but my girlfriend got the soundtrack. And really? Yeah, I mean, my, and I, I'm so, is your girl like is she excited because it's Bradley Cooper? Because my girlfriend's just like, oh my god, Lady Gaga, like that's where she is. Oh really? Yeah, she doesn't care about Bradley Cooper at all. Oh no, she's all about Bradley Cooper. Okay. Oh okay. no, yeah, yeah. And this is what I find interesting about men and women. Like that's totally allowed for a woman. Like, they're totally allowed to be like, yeah, dude, you spend money to take me so I can swoon over somebody else. But if I turn my head in a store for a chick that walks by me, I'm now, like, I'm public enemy number one. The difference between a, a real-life person in the store and somebody up on the screen, I, I would hope there's some sort of difference. Like, See, between- nah, because, dude, Bradley <laughs> like- Cooper's got a doppelganger in Ohio somewhere. There's a Canton Bradley Cooper. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, maybe it is you. You know what? That's <laughs> but, what you should go but, with. But Canton has a Bradley Cooper. His for name sure is Dan Stansberry. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right is. it is. So there I was, 5.30 in the morning. She's already got me on the with the debit card out, Cinemark.com, buying my seats. So yeah, 425 on the strip will there be there. This. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, yeah. So then she says to me, she goes, well, you know, because I said, I was like, so you're just going to sit there and you're going to like fawn over Bradley Cooper and I'm just supposed to sit there and like watch that? She goes, well, you get to see Lady Gaga. And I said to her, I said, do you know what the premise of this movie is? The whole premise of the movie is that she's ugly. And that he's trying to convince her she can be a star. That's the whole thing in the movie. Is that the, that's in the preview where she where he says, "I think you're beautiful," because the, the whole thing is that Lady Gaga's not an attractive person. Where are you at with Lady Gaga? You think she's attractive or no? Uh, this is tough for me because I know the girl that paints her up. I know her makeup artist. Okay. Like I know Sarah, and Sarah does an amazing job. And Lady Gaga looks amazing once Sarah gets done with her. But. Natural Lady Gaga, I don't, I don't see a whole lot in that. She, uh, she just has this weirdness to her that I do find attractive. It's not like I'm like, oh my god, the most beautiful being on the face of the planet. No, but there's like, but there's something about her that's just like, okay. Now is that now? My guess is there, Fantone, is what that is. Is you know how much talent is in there. A little bit, sure, but I don't want to bang Adele. You know what I mean? Like that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, all right, that's fair. So, like, there's, there's wow, I would, dude, Adele could totally get it. I mean, like, I'm not saying like, no, oh, I know you mean. Adele, no, I know you mean. But, I, but, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not. But there is something about Lady Gaga where it's like, not like I said, maybe not the most attractive, but she's like sexy. She's like, there's something about her that's like, she has sexual charisma. Probably what it is to me. Yeah, there are women who aren't necessarily beautiful or hot that are sometimes still attractive because it's like, dude, sex appeal is weird. It's it like is. one of those things you can't really define. It's like the X factor in talent. You can't really define it. But if you have it, you know you have it. So, wow, your chick's all over. She's not a Bradley Cooper fan. Doesn't, huh? not, even, not even remotely excited about Bradley Cooper being in it. She just, I mean, she does. She loves Lady Gaga. Like, yeah, huge fan does. of all of her music. And we went and saw her this past year. And honestly, dude, one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. Top five concert. She was phenomenal. Um, uh, you know why I'm not surprised about that? Lady that? Gaga? Yeah. Yes, dude, you know who she's a huge fan of? Who's that? Huge Kiss fan. 
Big, huge Kiss fan. I know she has plenty of, of rock influence in her life, there, yeah. so not surprised to find that out. Exactly right. Her stage setup is going to be a little bit more a rock star. She understands the performance end of that. So she's my girlfriend's going to see that with her mom this weekend, so I'm off the hook. I'm uh, like, all right, well, go enjoy that. I know. See, here's the thing. I I, 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 I want to be one of these guys that like wants to moan and groan about it, but I'm total, love it. I'm a total chick flick dude. I am. I love chick flicks. Come Monday, I'm going to be serious, baby. What'd you do this weekend? Tell me about your weekend. I'd be like, dude, Lady Gaga, phenomenal. Oh, my God. Star is more. <laughs> Okay. I said to her yesterday, I said, I said, when we go to this movie, you can't think less of me when I cry, when I totally cry. Because, dude, I'm an easy cry at movies. Yeah, you are. I'm an easy cry at movies. You can get me, honestly, sometimes commercials, I'll just be sitting like that. <laughs> oh, my God, the Pillsbury Dough Boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just wants to play tennis with his dad. Give him the medicine so they can continue to play tennis. Give him the Valtrex, whatever they got to do. <laughs> for what a case of herpes prevents you from playing tennis with your dad. Well, Good I don't understand Lord. advertising either, Phantom, but it Lord. works. I always want to buy the pill. I always want to end up getting it. I want my dad and I to play tennis together. Do I have that? You don't have it. I don't think Just so. WebMD it like everybody else. <laughs> Josh Gordon getting things done in New England. That's next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 2 Joe. Rock 106.9. <laughs> Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to uh, Munch on Ohio Sports coming up 7 o'clock. Catch him every day. Fox Sports 1350 everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. And uh, we'll obviously talk a little tribe with him today as they start today. 207, I believe, is first pitch. Which, wow, ratings powerhouse Indians Astros, huh? <laughs> Make sure we get it on in that killer TV time of 207. Like... This is why, I'll be honest with you, I know there are a lot of Indians fans out there who really hate the fact that I kind of underserve baseball. But guys, that's why. Here you are in a divisional series, baseball in a divisional series, and the game's on in the middle of the afternoon. Now, I love day games in June. I love going to a 1 o'clock game in June, Saturday afternoon, hot dog, beer, watching a game. But you're getting the playoffs, and it's done in the middle of the day? Like, I don't get it. And this is... There's no other reason for it. That's why the Indians and Astros, that's why the game's on in the middle of the day. Because the rest of the country doesn't care. I think it's like March Madness where there's so many games in the beginning, you kind of have to put them, you kind of have to stagger them. But at 2 o'clock start time isn't convenient for anybody. It really isn't. And you got to think, West Coast, well, I guess the Houston's not necessarily West Coast, but I mean, they're two hours behind us. So like nobody in California cares about Indians, Astros. Nobody. I remember making this argument when the Indians and Cubs were in the World Series. The Cubs is what drew the ratings. It wasn't the Indians. It was the Cubs. The Cubs are one of the biggest franchises and brands in that sport. That's a huge brand inside that sport. We're more known for our logo being offensive than we are for our players being good, which is ridiculous because our players are really good. But nobody knows. The Indians lineup's amazing. But nobody knows. Because outside of Cleveland, nobody cares. You're not a national you're not a national attention team like that. You're just not. You're not the Red Sox, you're not the Yankees, you're not the Cubs. You're just not one of those teams. If you were a powerhouse ratings-wise, you they would put you on at eight o'clock at night. You Fantone's right, you gotta stagger the games, but they put somebody on in prime time, right? <laughs> they put somebody on in prime time and not this series because people don't care. Now you know we care because it's our team. But the, the Indians are not a ratings powerhouse. Baseball overall, I don't believe, is a ratings powerhouse. Now, you'll probably pick up and get an uptick here now because I'm assuming a lot of guys in the country are a lot like me. Get me into the time of the season when it matters, then I want to watch it. 
When it's like, now, okay, now these games matter? Because I've always said this is baseball's problem. The season's too long. The games don't mean as much. NFL games mean something. There's only 16 of them. They mean something. You lose two football games, now all of a sudden, that's a huge deal. You lose two baseball games in, in June, nobody cares. That's part of the that's part of the problem with the game. I'm just looking at the series breakdowns that they have for MLB and the only daytime game played during the week is today you got Indians Astros um and Monday you've got Indians Astros at 1:30. Everything else is played 4:30 or after. Like every other series, Red Sox Yankees are 7 o'clock or later every night. Yeah, because Yankees Red Sox is the series that even you as a Clevelander, you want to hate watch it. Even you as an Ohioan, you want to hate watch it. You do. You can talk. I can see all the Twitter messages. I hate the Yankees. Boston and New York. And God, ESPN only cares about this. ESPN cares about what the eyeballs are going to do. And the eyeballs are going to gravitate towards Yankees, Red Sox, like it always has. That series will always matter. It'll be your great-grandchildren will be sitting around, and it'll be Yankees, Red Sox. That series will always matter. Always. No matter what, those teams could both be bottom of the pack. And people will still watch those two teams play. Because it matters. It's like Celtics-Lakers. No matter what happens in that series, Celtics-Lakers matters because of the history. Now, the Indians are starting to build their history. But you got to win a couple of World Series first. You do. You kind of have to get there. Well, I mean, Boston didn't get one until... But... Yeah, well, it's just a baseball town. It's the way it is. This has never been a baseball area. It's not. Even in the 90s. I know everybody like to pretend. And I made this argument about LeBron, too. This was not a Cavs area. This was a LeBron area. You were a winning fan. You were not a Cavaliers fan. Fantone is a Cavaliers fan. Most people are LeBron James and winning fans. That's what you are. That's what most baseball fans are. You're winning fans. So when they're good, you like it. But if they weren't good, you'd be like, nah, I don't really care. The Browns could be miserable for 20 years like they were. And you were still going through the turnstiles every Sunday to watch the games. Still kind of are. I don't know if we can go that far. I don't know if we can go that far. I just... This is why. This is why I was like, dude, get me later in the season and I'll start talking about this stuff. But in the middle of the year, most people just kind of come and go with it. They just do. And that's why I wasn't really messing with it much. We'll get Munch talking to you about it. And I'm excited. I want the Indians to win the World Series. I think that they possibly could. But I don't know. Like, I saw people begging for this yesterday. Yankees or uh, Indians Brewers. Get us Indians Brewers. <laughs> Let me just tell you, Major League Base, do you worried about sports being fixed? You better hope baseball ain't fixed. <laughs> because if it is, you ain't getting Indians Brewers. Because literally 10 of you will watch that series. Maybe. Milwaukee will watch it. Ohio will watch it. Outside of that, it'd be lights out. Most people in the country would be like, oh my God, the World Series is going on? That's what would happen. Put the Yankees in it. Put the Red Sox in it. Now all of a sudden, nationally, people care. Like, put the Cubs in it. Now nationally, people care. Because those are the brands people care about. It's the way it works. If you were a ratings powerhouse, they're not putting you on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They can put you on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because you're the redheaded stepchild of baseball. Now, you shouldn't be. I'm not saying you should be. The team's amazing. There's a bunch of stars in it. But baseball doesn't promote its stars well. They never have. 
As a matter of fact, Ken Griffey Jr. just did a commercial for playoff baseball and said, let the kids play. And it's all about how you hear every announcer, oh, you can't do that in baseball. Oh, he's flipped the bat 35 feet in the air. Oh, he's staring the pitcher down. Football figured this out. Let them twerk in the end zone a little. Let them, let, let them, let them highlight themselves a little. Basketball's all about the star. Jesus, that league's got no control over their people. It's all about the stars. Baseball's very stringent. No, you show us no personality. You do know things. That's why the stars aren't being, that's why, that's why Jose Ramirez isn't a big deal. That's why Frankie's not a big deal. It's because baseball doesn't celebrate personality. You're not allowed to have it. Baseball's got to reinvent itself a little bit, dude. Otherwise, it's going to just, I, I, I can't say it's going to die because they, apparently they make a ton of money. I don't know how they make it, but apparently baseball makes a ton of money. But if you're not going to let your players be stars, then of course the younger generation is not going to gravitate towards your sport and wrap their arms around it. Football highlights look good on Twitter. Football I mean, Basketball highlights look good on Twitter. Outside of the home run, what looks great in a, high, in a baseball highlight? Not that much. Maybe a, maybe a catch at the warning track? Maybe. But not as much as a tackle. Not as much as LeBron driving down the lane and dunking it. It's just not. It's not. So you got to promote the stars, but they're resistant, and they won't do it. And that's why people aren't paying attention. I'm all excited. I want the Indians to win the World Series. But guys, if you were a ratings power, like I remember when the Indians and Cubs, I had people on my Twitter and I'm like, oh, look, the ratings. I was like, yeah, because the Cubs. It's not the Indians. It's because the Cubs. They're the biggest, one of the biggest brands in the sport. Now, maybe the Indians will go to the World Series. It'll be the Brewers and maybe it'll be the biggest ratings we've ever seen. But I don't see that. There's also something else happening in sports. That's tomorrow night. I actually, yeah, it's tomorrow night. I'm not going to get a chance to see it, but I felt like this was going to be a bigger deal, and I'm not hearing about it all that much, and I'm surprised by that. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 7 o'clock, your opportunity at $1,000. Well, so talk to uh, Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Ohio Sports. Get his take on Indians. Also, what your Burial Preppers had to say about the wishy-washy uh, Ohio fans. Dude, Munch is not going to be happy Dude. about that, right? Well, no, he hates peppers. Hates them. Hates them. Hates them. And so... Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, dude. I still think part of Munch's hatred for Peppers is not necessarily lack of play. I think it's really the Michigan thing. Oh, I do. 100. I think Munch is totally, he's that much of a homer that I, that I think that that might be part of the problem. Another big thing in sports tomorrow night, and you know, I say big thing, but I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the brand. I thought I wanted this fight and here it comes and I'm like, eh. And maybe it's because I'm I am I'm bartending a wedding tomorrow, so I don't know if I'll get out in enough time because those fights don't normally start till real real late. late yeah. You know, they're in, I think that fight's in Vegas. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I'm, I actually I don't know where the Connor fight is. But McGregor and Khabib fight tomorrow night, and this should be a huge fight. It should be a huge fight. And it doesn't feel that way to me. Now maybe it is. I don't know what the pay per view sales are going to be like. I don't know, and I'm not going to make that prediction because I honestly, I legitimately don't know. I'm just saying this doesn't feel like a big Conor McGregor fight to me. I'm surprised. It seems like nationally, like when it comes to you know the talking head shows in the afternoon, it seems like it's been getting a lot of the like push. And it seems like, I mean, I know Jim Rome had Dana Wade on earlier this week, and it seems like they're making this media push at it. So like, 
I'm surprised you're not because this at, at its core, I mean, number one, Connor coming back, it should be a huge, huge deal, deal within the MMA world. Yeah. And I know not everybody knows this, this Khabib. But Russian last ass, name, dude. undefeated. Yeah, just just a a phenomenal uh, matchup against Connor in the sense of he's a great wrestler. From what I've heard, is going to be able to kind of expose some of his weaknesses there. I'm surprised you're not hype. Styles, the Styles of fight will be good here. You're right about that. Like, and Khabib is a, a dude. He's a badass. Like, you gotta watch that guy, dude, because he he can beat you fast. Now this is the dude. Khabib is the guy. Who was on the bus when mm-hmm. Connor came and threw that dolly through the at the chair, bus? Through, through, yeah, yeah, through the dolly. That's that's what it was. Yeah, and then um, what? The, the windows broke, and that female fighter got hurt. She had to go to the hospital because of that. Right. So with all of that, and I, I guess that started because the, the crews fought each other or something. Whatever. A couple it's of like, nights before that, yeah, two members of each. It's always it's, it's always the hanger on. <laughs> it's rappers. Is yeah, what it is. It's, dude. it's always the hype men that get you in trouble. Um, but with all that, with all that attention that that got because that was a big deal. I'm surprised that you're maybe you are right that there isn't more hype to this that there isn't more excitement around it. I am um, like I said I'm bartending a wedding. I don't know if I'll get out in enough time to see it. If I do I will I I have UFC TV. It's like $9 a month like everything else but then you still got to pay for the pay-per-view. Ugh. And yeah, I yeah, it, no, UFC honestly Eesh. do they rake their fans. They do. Um and so if I get home in enough time, I'm watching the fight for sure. Or if I can stop somewhere on the way that I know will carry it, yeah. I want to see it. I want to see it. But it just doesn't... Maybe it is. Maybe I haven't been paying attention to the roundtable shows as much as I normally do. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I don't watch ESPN as, as much as I used to anymore. And I don't know if they finally started to pay attention to, to, to MMA or not. I know for the longest time they were resistant and would not do it. Um, but, I, but I don't know if, if they've changed their, their mood on that or not. I... Um, I want to see this fight, but I'm more excited about the fact that Connor came out and said he is 100% behind the idea of completing the Nate Diaz trilogy, saying, I will give that man his rematch. Now, they fought twice. Nate Diaz won the first fight, strangled him, won the first fight. If you ask me, the second fight, they that came down to a decision, and Connor won it. Now, I had come in here and I had said, that I felt like that fight ended about as even as a fight could, and that you could have given that fight to either fighter, but I understood what the UFC did there and what they kind of did there. I was like, eh, Connor's kind of the star. If it's a coin flip, let's make Connor the winner. I get it, and that's perfectly okay, because it could, because the fight could have been Connor's. I'm a Nate Diaz fan. I kind of think, think Nate won both fights, but I'm a Nate Diaz homer, and so maybe I'm bringing my Nate Diaz love into it. I don't know, but the way it looked to me is like, ah, that fight's pretty even. So it's one and one, and Conor McGregor came out and said, look, Nate, Nate gave me my rematch. He didn't have to do that. He beat me. He didn't have to fight me again. He did. I won. He deserves his rematch. I'm going to give it to him. And to me, I don't know if this is true or not. But for me, that's the way bigger fight. But I feel like you got to fight Khabib to set up Diaz. And so you set up that fight. But if Conor loses tomorrow night, I'm not sure McGregor Diaz matters as much as it did two days ago. Yeah, I, I like I said, I saw this interview with Dana White, and he talked about how this, you know, Khabib versus McGregor is the biggest fight in the history of the brand. And you talk about how McGregor was talking about how, you know, I'll fight Nate Diaz again, I'll fight, you know, I'll, uh, whoever, whoever's yeah. coming back out on, on on the block there. And like, I get you have to answer the questions that are presented to you because it's like, well, what else am I going to do? Sure. I can't just say. But the fact that even in that, he said he was already looking past the Khabib fight. 
And it's like, dude, that's the week of, bro. Like, Ooh, and, 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 look at and, that. And I, I, I've become more of a Conor McGregor fan. I feel like in the past, like, what is it, year and a half that he's been out of the out of the out of the sport, just because I've like, I think like like seen a little bit more of him outside of just like you know the the swagger and the the the, the bra- like the brash bold behavior I think I've seen a little bit more of like this dude is dedicated this dude he has this quote about how he's like dude I'm not talented at all not at all I'm obsessed like that's all this is is hard work it's not it's not well I was born better than you or anything like that we're all the same person I just work harder than you so I like I do I have a new respect for that guy but with that being said if you're already looking at fights past what you have in front front of you it makes me concerned i mean you're right you do got to answer the question but uh, it's wow i never even went there um and he's kind of right connor they did a documentary on connor before he became connor he's just like a scrawny little kid in ireland and it was on netflix for a while i don't know if it still is or not and dude he did not have natural skills at this like he didn't like it was training over and over and over again that did it. He is right about that, and he is one of those guys. He'll outwork you for sure. Conor McGregor will. I'm not the biggest Conor. Fan. Now I like Conor, but I'm not the biggest fan. I like Conor in the sense that I like him, and I want him to win as long as I don't like the guy he's fighting. But if I like the guy he's fighting at all, I want to see Conor McGregor get knocked out. He's a great heel in the sense of yeah, yes. yeah, dude. If you yes. if you get to boo him, like hell yes. yeah, that's fun. But like you know, he 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 understands his role there and. Uh, I, like I said, I'm just concerned. You start looking past things, you're going, you're going to slip up, and there's a real good chance tomorrow night, dude, that he gets wrapped up, and now all of a sudden Diaz doesn't matter. Well, Khabib can hurt him for sure. I mean, that guy's tough. And if if that were to happen, it's just like. How much is the UFC going to lose in that? Because you're right, the Diaz fight's much bigger, way bigger. But I think maybe I'm wrong. But, but but you lose this, and all of a sudden, the whole conversation's different. Brendan Schaub was talking about this the other day. He's a you know, former fighter, and is a, you know, he's a commentator, kind of does those kind of things, does a lot of like MMA podcasts and that kind of stuff. And you know, he was talking about it. He was like, dude, the UFC is hemorrhaging stars right now. Like It's just like they don't have stars. And so, dude, if Conor loses this fight, it's terrible for the UFC. Yeah, I mean, I know that's why they kind of brought Brock Lesnar back into the mix. For is sure because it is. it's like, dude, we need to have some sort of star power. And you're right. I mean... This is a sport where everyone loses, and it's not the same as like, well, is Tom Brady losing a step because you could lose this fight and come back and be as good as you've ever been. Um, but it does undermine your the entire business operation. I, yeah, if I'm UFC right now, dude, I am praying for this Conor, Conor McGregor victory. You need him to win, and you need him to win in dramatic fashion tomorrow night because then there's the hype machine, and then Dana can get out there and pimp the the McGregor DS fight, which that's I can't wait for that. I would pay twice for that fight. Because those two guys are so tough, and I've said it a million times. I know it'll never happen, but if you let Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fight in a parking lot, Conor McGregor gets knocked out. Gets, I bet he runs. But you, you add rules and all that stuff. Nate Diaz is one of the toughest. Dude, you can beat that guy to a bloody pulp, and Nate just keeps coming for more. He is one of the baddest men on the face of the planet. I cannot wait for that fight. Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Ohio Sports, and $1,000 up for grabs. That's all next on The Stansbury Show. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. Every hour, you're shot at $1,000. Your next one coming momentarily. First, though, talk to my good buddy, Mark Munch Bishop. Munch on Ohio Sports, where you can find him every afternoon, 3 o'clock, Fox Sports 1350. He's everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app as well. 
Munch, I got to start playoff baseball, man. Indians, Astros today, first pitch 207, that primetime killer rating baseball game. I, uh, I mean... I've been saying all season, I want to be excited about baseball. It's just, it's a long season. I feel like the other sports do a better job of promoting their stars. We already saw Ken Griffey did the baseball commercial. Let the kids play. Let the let the flipping of the bat. Let them stare down pitchers. Let them, you know, celebrate rounding the bases. Get a, get a, little, get a little excitement in the game. Now, I know it goes against everything baseball has stood for forever, but don't you have to evolve or die at some point, Munch? Oh, bro, you know what? You do, but look at the tribe itself. Edwin Encarnacion with the parrot, okay? The wife even says, wow, I hope he hits a home run. I go, why, Sue? You know, we're already winning 10 to 2, so I can see the parrot. And you're seeing Frankie with his smile and his leaping around high-fiving guys. And Jose, although when his bat's working a little bit better, he's a bit more exuberant. And, you know, all the other guys doing their thing. You know, to a degree, I believe it has improved. But still, you know, like I always like to say, Take the pole out of your backside. You know what I mean? Exactly. Live a little right. bit. Have fun. Enjoy. You know, when Griffey Jr. came out with his hat backwards for the home run derby, think about this, guys. People were flipping out. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, rock and roll, loosen up a little bit. And you know what? If you're going to put a shift on me to the right side and I bunt down third base, screw you, okay? I said that. It's competition. With a that screwdriver, by the way, okay? Because yeah. I'm going to take advantage of it. Yeah, you know what, man? It is such a great game. Let's have fun. The days of throwing the bat over your shoulder, guys with the glove over the knob of your bat, and riding up to the fields in the morning with no supervision, let's get that going again. How, I don't know, but we got to get it going. You know, maybe we'll do that, guys. Next time around in the spring, come over. We'll hop on our bikes. We'll head up to the ballpark. I like it. I like it. He's gonna make me pedal places. I, uh, no, I, I do. I just, I think it's like you look at the NFL. They're starting to get a little like less strict with their player. A little bit more personalities. Okay, NBA's all the way the other way. It's all about the player. It's all about their personality. And I just feel like if baseball wants to continue, they're gonna have to move that that direction a little bit. We'll shift to the actual series now. How do you see the Indian? Astro series playing out? Bro, you know what this is going to be? Here's the saddest thing. It'll end up being the best series there is because of the stellar pitching. However, no matter what you say, you have to give the starting pitching to the Indians. You have to give them their nod. You know, I was able to talk to uh, Andre Knott from uh, Fox Sports Ohio STO yesterday, and he said, think about this. You know, when you have Kluber, when you have Carrasco, by the way, Cookie Carrasco may be the silent assassin on this team. Mm-hmm. Nobody's talking about him. When you break down his stats, very well the best pitcher in the second half in baseball. Nice. You had a guy, Bauer, who was steamrolling towards the Cy Young, got hit by that pitch, reluctantly going to the bullpen. He'll say, he said, I'll do anything I can to help the team. But then you have Mike Clevenger. People are saying, why is he the third starter? Well, number one, how many guys have over 200 strikeouts this year? And I know the cat's got long here, and I know he's from Leonard Skinner country, okay? Jacksonville, Florida. Long live the Skinner band. But you know what? This guy is competitive as can be. He'd cut your heart out, take a bite, and put it back in and Jeez. show it back up. Jesus. Hey, Munch, okay, so I'm glad you bring up number one, 200 strikes, because the Indians roster is just littered with dudes who, who threw 200 strikeouts over, over the course of the year. So you're right, there is something about the pitching that's going to uh, you know give the Indians the advantage, hopefully. But bullpen versus bullpen, I think, is where the question starts coming into play there. And you talk about Trevor Bauer and coming out of that role, maybe in the Andrew Miller you know, 2016 style. How does Tito use that to the Indians' advantage? Bro, I'm going to tell you this. Tito realizes, and I'm so glad you said it, because go back to 16, 
and I was talking to us on a Boston show the other night, is that he goes, Tito, because, oh, they adore Tito. You know, even though he got, uh, you know, fired from there, sure. they figured the players, well, they don't figure, they figured management thought he was getting too powerful and B, some players took advantage of uh, his good nature because he's a player's manager. But if you remember back, if Tito needs to, he'll go to a reliever in the fifth. Hell, if Tito needs to, he'll go to a reliever in the third because he realizes, guys, you see, he got me all worked up, is that number one, <laughs> every pitch counts in the playoffs. Every pitch. Not every other, not every other batter. Right. Every pitch counts. And if those pitches aren't happening, I keep going to Bauer in the third. Now, one thing I want to get out is when you talk about, you know, Billy Bean in the money ball, what an aberration to baseball going into a playoff game like the A's did. And I'm not a Yankee, you know, worship the ground they walk on. I respect them. But you're going to start a game with relief pitchers and That's throw from crazy. there. That won't last too long. That will make the Wildcat look like a staple of NFL football. <laughs> so the bullpen-wise, Keto will use them as needed, guys. It doesn't matter how early he'll go to them. He's not worried about burning them out. We're talking to Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Ohio Sports. I'll shift now to the NFL in your Cleveland Browns. And um, I, we'll get to Baker and we'll get to Josh Gordon helping Tom Brady last night. We'll get there. But first, mm-hmm. buddy, because I know you're a big, huge fan of Jabril Peppers. <laughs> I know you love him. I know you love him. He came out and called Cleveland fans wishy-washy. And I got to tell you, I think all fans are wishy-washy. So on that level, a little bit. But these fans went through those turnstiles for 20 years to watch a complete and utter dumpster fire of a football team, dude. I don't think this guy gets us. I just don't think he gets it. Number one, he does it. Number two, and guys, I'm not going to say, hey, hey, I knew it. look at me. Look what I do and say. I did note that he was the most overhyped player in college football. Again, I'm just stating some facts, okay? And it was a horrific draft choice that he's a fraud of a football player. Guess number two. Number three, I want to say this. If somebody comes up to him in a store and, you know, says something to him verbally accost him, that's not wishy-washy. Wishy-washy would be walking away. The guy doesn't even know his freaking proper term. And wishy-washy, you know, you could say, well, is that supporting a team that's been criminal to them? That might be the only thing. But that's just blind loyalty. But let me say this. People, please. You got to be better than that. That's no need to walk up to the guy in the store and accost him, you know, and, and verbally this and that. Now, I would say no, they point you in the direction of the cash register because in return, punch, all you do is go east and west. I want you to go north and south. Okay? If you want to say that too. But think about this, okay? The guy has done zero, has done nothing. First round draft choices have to make an impact. I and agree. the people that blindly supported him, that followed him, well, they're realizing that they're seeing the guy is a fraud to the National Football League. You know what? Four yards on average on punt return so far, 21 on kickoffs. And last I looked, they put the ball on the 25. Guys, he almost knelt at the five last week yeah. and realized what was going on. He couldn't cover me, he couldn't cover Fantone, he couldn't <laughs> cover Dan. Can he make a tackle on occasion? Yeah, but as I noted, on Sunday against Oakland, he didn't register one defensive statistic. What the hell is he doing out there, okay? Put Kindred out there. The team will be a lot better off. And guess what, Jabril? If we're lucky, now you were a first-rounder. If we're lucky, we could trade you for a fourth or fifth. Think about that. Just ship him off today. See, now, am I the only one who has Munch sitting outside the CVS? Jabril Peppers comes out, and there's Munch just drawing up plays in the dirt in the parking lot. Like, no, you got to be here. You're in this. I could just I could just see it. Now, I know, you were, Munch, you were also a little down on Josh Gordon. And he gets shipped yeah. out of town. He goes to the New England Patriots. And sure enough, 
Josh Gordon is the man who catches Tom Brady's 500th touchdown pass. Now, you and uh-huh. I were both in agreement. It was just time to move off of Josh Gordon. But what I hate about this story is this kid acted like a complete and utter idiot, and he snowed the Browns forever. He, Dude, he left camp because he didn't want to be in camp with the Browns, came back and acted the way he did, showed up at the facility the way he was trying to get thrown out of here. And I hate when people tell me, oh, you can't let players do this, and you can't let them do this because my kids watch the games, and my kids look up to athletes. This kid acted the way he wanted to act for five years and then gets rewarded for it they sent him out of hell and sent him to heaven like i just i hate this story because of the way this went down brother number one and into anything you see and look you know did he make a decent good catch yesterday yeah you know he, he cut between two guys and caught the ball isn't that what you're supposed to do yes wide receivers it, perhaps he even ran the right route for one time but this was not a magnificent spectacular catch he made a nice one of those against pittsburgh that's when he does when you can trust him when he plays when he's on the field we'll see if he stays on the field as i told you right. boston media is shocked that he's still there and was still there last night so we'll see what happens on that you know do i want the kid clean and sober i certainly do you know do i want him to yes. go away and Ultimately, why he, yes. he why should he be put on a pedestal dan you 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 summed it up correctly he freaking stole from this team, from the fans, with his ski mask, you know, yeah. for all those years. And now all of a sudden, he's this, he's that. He doesn't, he, he's not this and that. He's a guy who can catch a football when he runs the wrong route and when he plays the game, when you could trust him. And that hasn't been very often. Agreed. We're talking to Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on Ohio Sports now. Obviously, cannot let you go without getting you here. It's Browns Ravens Sunday, one o'clock, First yes. Energy Stadium. Now, I think, dude, the Ravens are one of the best teams in the NFL right now. They're pretty much a sleeper. Uh, And I think the Browns will beat a team they should not beat. And I feel like this game is ripe for upset. I don't know if we win. I My gut tells me we probably lose Sunday. But they have a franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. I was wrong. I wanted Darnold. And Baker Mayfield's looking like he's going to be the real deal. Do you give them any shot to win at home on Sunday? You know what? I do, but here's what they need to do, my friend. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys something. This is, I'm joking, this is a horror story when it comes to football for opponents. This is in the second half with the Ravens have done this year, and I hate giving them any credit, okay? You, you want to be a subhuman, that's a good place to end up, okay? And <laughs> they've had more than their shares. But number one, this is in the second half, gentlemen, and you know me with stats. Yes. I always say don't get statted out, but these are the ones I can look at and are legit. So far in the second half in four games, the Ravens have given up zero touchdowns, 3.9 yards per play, Jeez. nine total points. You hear me? Yeah. In four games. That's three field goals. Opponents quarterback rating, 47%, which would get by most guys cut, and 123 yards in the second half. So what the Browns have to do, and guys, you know this drives me crazy, they defer every freaking kickoff. You better take the kickoff. You better try to go down and get some points because you know what? You ain't getting any in the second half, okay, to use the vernacular of the streets. So you've got to get some points early and often, or this one could be over early. So, again, guys, take the kickoff. Go down there. Even if you get three, you've got to attack, 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 and attack early. See, that's why, dude, Munch, just get on the sideline and coach these guys up. <laughs> just get out there and I'm just fine. get them coached you up. You know that. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I know you are. That's Mark Munch Bishop, Munch on Ohio Sports. Find him every afternoon, Fox Sports 1350, and everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Munch, you have a great weekend, buddy. We'll talk to you again next week. I'm going to join you guys. Thank you. All right, man.
Dude, I'm telling you, he would be out in that parking lot with Peppers, and he'd be telling them. He'd be like, no, 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 pay attention, kid. Look right here. He'd be getting them coached up. Munch totally would. Every hour on the program, your shot at $1,000. Your shot at 7 o'clock was right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. I... Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity at $1,000, 8 o'clock this morning. But you know what? We'll do Shinedown tickets here momentarily. Okay. It's Friday morning. Yeah. Shinedown, Papa Roach, Asking Alexandria, Cavelli Center, March the 5th, I believe. And uh, we'll get you hooked up here momentarily. So I'm reading this, and I'm not at all shocked by it. I saw people pass this around a lot on the social media platforms yesterday. They're like, What? No way. And I thought to myself, yes way. If you drive down the street, you can't miss any of these places. They're they're everywhere. Especially when you add the umbrella of all of them versus one brand of. Okay. And that's a stat came out that says 40% of Americans eat fast food on any given day. I thought the number would be higher. Yeah, I, I can see, be higher. I can I can see how you think that for sure. For sure. I, I, because again, it's not saying forty percent of Americans eat fast food every day, or that for you know what I mean. But it's like at any given time of us, it's forty percent of us going to stop at one of those places to get something for sure. I, I don't. I mean, for, so forty percent of the cars that we're looking out at on any given time is either chowing down something in there, or they they're on their way to go get something. Or just left there. Forty percent. You're right. On one hand, I think that that like. Well, maybe it could be higher. On the other hand, that's a significant amount, dude. That's a lot, a, it's a lot, lot of America. It's a lot of people. I thought it'd be higher because of what my opinion on America is. What? You hate America? No, it's just, I mean, come on. We know that we are the calorie nation. But I, 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 I'll give you a personal thing on how I think that this happens. Now, I cannot apply this logic to all of you, but like my chick, right? She's got a son and he is like one of the world's pickiest eaters. He won't eat much. But what he likes, he likes chicken nuggets. He likes those, right? Because he's like four years old and he likes chicken nuggets. I mean, welcome to it, right? And so my point is she goes through there and that's what he gets. Now, you tell me she doesn't eat anything? You tell me she doesn't order herself something? She's not eating part of those fries, not eating part of the chicken nuggets? Of course she is. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a part of the plan there is that like, well, your kids are here. Or that's like the dollar, the allure of the dollar drink. You know what I mean? Like, oh, coffee's only a dollar? And it's like, well, yeah, I'll stop and grab one of those. And then you smell that sausage and you're like, dude, I got to get one of those. So that's, yeah, I mean, 100%. And it's, I I guess when you think about it, it, this is like... The plan working because that's what they're doing. It's not like this happened by accident. Like, oh, son of a bitch. I guess we just have all these people stopping in here. They they know what they're doing. Between the years 2013 and 2016, around 40% of adults admitted that they had consumed fast food in the past 24 hours. Now, younger people like 20 to 39 were the most likely to eat in the food. I'm guessing that had always been true. Right. Because the younger you are, the more your body can bounce back from stuff. Yeah. And you, it doesn't maybe affect you the same way. I think it's always to me when I assume like fast food eaters. You're right. Parents are a part of it. Younger people are a part of it, and older people are a part of it. So I, everyone. Well, I, I guess I just like I'm, I'm talking like geriatrics. I always think of like old dudes sitting around at McDonald's drinking coffee. You know what I mean? Like that very much in my oh, mind. Oh God, you just throw those in there. Yeah, yeah, that very much in my mind is a big like. 
if you go into one of those fast food joints before 10.30 in the morning, that's exactly what you see. It's just a bunch of old dudes sitting around drinking that senior citizen coffee. Which, how great does that life look? <laughs> Dude, we're just counting down <laughs> the just, days to it. It just looks good. I get the same thing when I go to the golf course and there's like 15 dudes just sitting around playing cars, drinking coffee. I'm like, yes, I, I want to retire. This that's looks fun. Um, so as as we kind of sit here in fast food nation, I think is an appropriate you know place to go with that. Like this, it's not so much that I think like, well, these people deserve fifteen dollars an hour, or, or, or you know whatever it is. But like, there's so many jobs in fast food. There's so much money going into fast food. That's why I support them making more money. It's just because it's like the these, money's there. Well, this is not even so much that because like I, it's not like well everyone deserves an equal share because that's not what I think. But like these are, I mean, there's over four million adults working in fast food today, and is it's that like right? well, with that being the point, and oh, like with four, and 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 over forty percent of us eating there every day, which is over probably, it's probably close to one hundred and twenty million people on any given day it's like that's a big big part number one of our food system and number two of our economy so it's like to interject more money into something that we're already you know frequenting so much it's almost to me like fast food workers are like the new farmers wow wow what a statement um to put it another way and I have fought back against the $15 an hour minimum wage because I worry about what it does to small business. Yeah. The, the fast food yeah. places will make it for sure. I Amazon mean, will make it, yeah. For sure they'll make it. Which, by the way, did you see Amazon's now cutting bonuses? They're cutting uh, They're cutting all the other benefits because they're raising the hourly wage. I mean, I told you, dude, CEOs are never just going to give you the money just to give it to you. It'll never happen. You'll never shame them into doing it. But what I will say about people who work fast food making more money is, and I hate strikes and I hate protesting and all this stuff. But if all those places just close down tomorrow, oh, what, what does America do? Like, what, what do you do? do? What do we do? What do you do? Because like come I said, on. dude, my chick's kid, he'll, he'll eat like four things. Like, that's it. Like four things. He's like the pickiest eater ever. And so like, what's she do? Yeah, dude, I can only imagine if we wake up tomorrow morning and fast food is closed, dude, riots in the streets, bro. Headline, Canton rep, Stansbury arrested. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the headline in the rep, buddy. That's a, Yeah, your boy can't have it. Because, again, I don't necessarily consume that food at the rate that I once did, but I rely on the coffee. I rely, you know what I mean? Every now and again, like, she'll spend the night, go get her something for breakfast. I mean, that, it's just the way it is. Well, and I think it's very worth noting here that everyone's too good for fast food until you're not, until you're like, wait a second, until I nobody's really, looking. really want that. Or, like, oh, yep. it's a convenience thing. I only have $3. I only have 15 minutes and then boom where are we handing that money over dude imagine look put put it through this filter imagine if eating food like that was like a sin where you had to go to confession come on (laughs) just imagine the line wrapped around the dice and just a bunch of fat people (laughs) oh my god 40 percent. i thought honestly fantone i have a i i I guess i'm a pessimist because i felt like it would be 40 percent didn't and 60 percent of us were doing it daily i that's what i would thought i would have had those numbers flipped on their head shine down playing cabelli center in youngstown march the 5th they're bringing papa roach asking alexandria and we're sending you caller 25 right now 1-800-243-7625 on those and be right back with more sansbury show you guys hang on show rock 1069 Pass out some uh, Mushroom Head tickets coming up around 9.30. Their show, October 27th. That's their Halloween show. If you've never seen a Mushroom Head Halloween show, that's something. It is. It's something. They're uh, they're very entertaining that time of year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a lot of theatrics on any given Mushroom Head show, so you throw Halloween into the mix, and it, it just it just amplifies things. Their two big shows, are their Halloween and their Christmas shows, are always really, really big. 
And people can knock that band all they want, but they can play six times a year and they sell out every time. Oh, dude, a rabid fan base. No question about it. Yeah, people can say whatever they want. They can knock it all they want. And I've said, I'm like, dude, most people go to work and they hate what they do. Now, I, I know there's 11 guys in that band, but I kind of know J-Man a little bit. Pops and I are, are, are friendly a little bit. That guy, Jason, has been able to be a musician for the last 25 years of his life. Dude, he's never had like a he's never had a job, ever. He's just been J-Man. I, I would assume, I don't, I don't know why it's bands like this specifically, but if you throw like masks on or paint on your face and you take on a persona, dude, you don't just sell an album. You sell a lifestyle. Merch. Yeah, I mean, Merch. you sell hoodies, you sell you know vinyls, you sell masks, you sell so much of that stuff. And whether it's Kiss, Mushroom Head, ICP, whatever Slipknot, it is, dude, they're right, all the same. Right? You just it's it, it, it is it's a lifestyle decision. Once you decide, like, okay, I'm gonna be into this. At least Corey Taylor admits how much of a big Kiss fan he was. I gotta give Corey that. At least Corey's like, yeah, dude, we kind of ripped that whole thing off of Gene Simmons. Like, I, like I, I gotta, I at least give Corey Taylor some credit on that. But yeah, dude, like people get like huge. Like, there's a guy. I, I they just posted the picture because again, I'm kind of friends with um with Mushroomhead's merch guy too. Jason, his name's Jason too, and uh, he posted a picture yesterday. There's some guy like in the middle of somewhere, Indiana, with a full blown like back tattoo of Mushroomhead's logo. It's like, dude, that band connects. There is something about yeah. those kind of bands where it's like you feel like an outcast a little bit. Yeah. Here's where you go. Yep. Get in with us. We'll take you on. That's totally how that happens. Smart. It is. It's very Money smart. Money to be made. Very smart. Hear that outcast? Come join the Stansbury Show. We'll that, accept you. Yeah, there we go. Eventually, we'll sell you merch. <laughs> Eventually, sooner or later. At some point. Something. All right. I demonize social media a lot. Okay. Now it can do some great things. Mm-hmm. The LLS challenge was really good. Say, so, you know, we, uh, we raised a bunch of money for, uh, not we, but, you know, a bunch of people raised a bunch of money for that kind of stuff. And that can all be good, right? Keeping up with what, you know, your family members are doing across the country. That's great. My mm-hmm. niece is in, Ve- in Vegas. I get to watch her play basketball via Facebook. That's obviously awesome, right? But really what we do with it is argue with people we don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. That's bananas. I said this earlier this year, and it's true. That when I was growing up, my parents didn't tell each other who they voted for. My aunt and uncle, I remember hearing the conversation. My aunt was like, no, I'm not telling you. It was considered to be a very personal decision that you did not share with other people. Now, so we went from, we don't tell the people we're married to what we're going to vote for, but now we'll scream at strangers for not voting our way. Right. That's how far we've slipped. That's crazy. Right. Right? So we have here some tips for social media etiquette. And I believe if more people, and myself included, hand full on raised, that if we all did this, myself included, that the world would be better. Let's get into them. Okay? Don't misrepresent yourself. Now, that's good. Sometimes people will pretend to be things that you're not. Don't do that. You're, it's going to cause you problems. Especially when I see people fighting on like like the comment section of a Fox News or a CNN article. So many times I think to myself, you don't even know if that person's real that you're fighting with. You are in a, a screaming match. Like you're all pissed off typing away at work. And it's like, dude, you don't even know if that person's real. Don't be reactive on social media. Now, this is the one I got to pay attention to. Okay. I realize that I have to give you guys content via social media. Okay, but it does kind of bother me um, sometimes when when people just want to then scream and bitch and yell about everything that gets posted. And I feel like, well, I should interact with you. I don't want to be one of these not approachable, like I hate to say this media type people. I don't want to do that. Right. I like to be one of you. I like to mix it up with you. But like, all right, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So I Facebook lived walking down to the Imperial Room last Sunday to watch the Browns game. And people are like, Jesus, you're out of breath. And it's like, no. And I ended up having to type this. No. 
I run five miles a day. I'm ready to work out whenever the hell you guys are, right? So no, it's not the fat. It's not. I'm not fat. I'm not out of breath. What it is is I don't like being on camera. It makes me nervous. And so that's how my nerves manifest themselves. And I had to tell people that. And then it became, well, you're a puss. And it's like, okay, guys, so what do you want? Do you want me to give you stuff or not? Like, decide. Like, my boss tells me all the time, he's like, dude, you're probably too much. You're probably out there too much. Just pull back. Make them want you more. Pull back just a little bit. Yeah, there's a common ground. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I you can't you can't disappear and, like, to not interact with people at all. You do. You look like a dick. Um, but at the same time, like, sometimes it's not, I feel like it's not healthy for you, bro. I no, feel like not. I'm like, dude, like, why are you, why are you so upset about this? Like, I tell you, your blood pressure's up. You're screaming at things. You're mad at other things. And I'm like, dude, it's some idiot. Like, dude, my chick all the time is like, why do you, why do you say anything? She She's like, I don't get it. She's like, what you got to do is post stuff and then not read what they say. And I was like, well, that's me ignoring them, though. Like, I don't want to do that either. Like, I, I want to be, I, you know what I mean? I want to be mixing it up. I do. Now, they also say here, understand that your sense of humor is not universal. And I'm going to expand on this point. I say this all the time. I am better heard than I am read. Okay. Like, if you hear me say something, you're like, oh, okay, I know what he means. But it, like even in text messaging, again with my girl, like okay. I'll text things and I'm thinking no big deal, and she's like, "What the hell is the matter?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, this is what I meant." Like if you hear what I say, you're gonna do better. So understand that not every time, most of what pe- this is the truth. When people feel like they read something, they feel like they're reading the truth. And yeah. so if you're being snarky, it may not always come across that way in print when people are reading it. It's um, it's crazy to think that you know, reading in handwritten was like once the really the way to clearly communicate with each other because you had time, you were able to kind of put your thoughts together Long before form. you before you wrote things down on a piece yes. of paper handwise. Now Agreed. it's essentially the same thing. We're writing and we're reading, but there's just such a disconnect of like the meaning of what we're saying and what we're trying, you know, what we're actually like coming across as. Yeah, there's also something about the fact. I think I'm just gonna guess here about the fact that you can type faster than yeah, you can oh, even yeah, write, yeah. and that you're more 100%. likely to do that. Um, they say don't mix business and pleasure. That one's kind of hard for for us because my pleasure ultimately then becomes my business, and both things are kind of like mixed in there. Yeah. So, but for most of you, I think that that's actually really, really good advice. This is a big one too. Use caution while posting and tagging photos. You got to understand, you may look great in that photo, but the person standing next to you does not. And that you should get people's permission before you tag them in photos. I would even say like, and I know Facebook will like automatically do it where it's like, oh, I can tell you took a picture with Stansberry. I'll I'll suggest him or whatever. Um, You don't know what that person's situation is in the sense of like, is this going to get them in trouble at work because they're somewhere? Or is this going to get them in trouble at home because they're somewhere? Or is this going to be an issue for them? So I, yeah, I'll make room for that. This is a very good, this is a very good point because Fantone and I both are in relationships and we both are dating women whose jobs would take things via social media way more seriously than where we work yeah like there are situations that would be acceptable for me that would not be acceptable for her to be in and phantom situations the same exact way and my guess is you have friends or relationships that are very much similar to you and just because you think something is innocuous doesn't mean that it is and i get in trouble all the time because again people read what i say and don't take it in the spirit in which it was intended now that being said although i do it too like sometimes people will write back to me and i think they're being mean and they're just kind of be like dude i was just kind of joking around and then but i'm but i'm ready to pounce when it comes to when it comes to tagging people and things like that um yes there's definitely responsibility on the person who's putting the photo up there but you, I, and everyone else on the face of the planet right now has to remember when you're in public, you do not have a right, like, you don't have no expectations of privacy. The things you're doing could be being photographed and it could negatively impact you. So think about that as you live your day to day life. See, somebody just posted on the Facebook Live video we did earlier, you look really nervous because I am. I don't like cameras. When I first started this, you didn't have it to do that. Nobody had any idea what you look like. 
Remember, I premiered Twitter live on the radio. I premiered Facebook live on the radio. Like, I did all those. Like, at the onset of all this. I remember the first time they put a webcam in the studio. We freaked out because we're like, what? Like, dude, we're eating lunch in here. We're talking to people off the air. And you're like, no, 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 no. Get that thing out of here. But now if we don't do that stuff, you guys aren't interested. It's like, this is, it's become the expectation. So I'm starting, I'm learning to have to get over things that I wish I didn't have to do in order to be able to do what I love to do. I would prefer there never to be pictures of me taken, never to be on video never to be doing any of that but it's just not a reality anymore and that's part of the reason it's like dude it's, it just makes me a little nervous I, I know it sounds weird for a guy that has my job but i tell you all the time the people you watch on tv the people you listen to on the radio the people you want the, like the band you listen to they're not what they're presenting themselves as that's the best version of themselves that's the entertainer version of themselves but there's a whole nother person behind all of that your shot at a thousand dollars is next on rock 106.9 Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Nine. Yo guys, Phantom from the Stansberry Show here. The Roll Holt Vision Institute is what I want to tell you about. That's where I had my LASIK surgery done. And I see 2020 now, baby. I never thought it was going to be possible, dude. I thought I would always have to worry about where my glasses were. Did I have enough contacts? Am I running out of solution? All that stuff. Dude, that's ancient history to me now. And if you want to be living the same lifestyle, dude, all you got to do is visit the website. They've got financing options available to you. They let you take a self-evaluation test. I want you to visit the site. It is RollHoltVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. I know it's first Friday. A lot of you are going to be trolling the bars looking for action. So we're going to tell you what to do in case your condom breaks. Okay. 9 o'clock. If the condom breaks, we'll tell you what to do next. Also, you'll have a shot of the $1,000. You're getting one of those here momentarily here, too. This next story is available for you at WRQK.com. It's where I pulled it from. And you hear the word offensive a lot these days. Oh my God, I'm offended. Oh my God, that's offensive. And we're in love with being offended now. And I understand that there are people out there who legitimately get offended by things they hear. And that's fine. You know, different strokes. But what annoys me is there are people out there with different motivation. And they understand now that if you say you're offended, that people will then placate you, and that's how people want to move things around the board, and they just want to, they just want to like pee in your coffee. Yeah, hard to disagree with that. I mean, yeah, there are things that are truly offensive, and you don't get to decide what other people find offensive. But there'd be, you'd be a liar to say there's no like fake motivations behind some of this, for sure, man. Again, there's there's different there's all kinds of like everybody's just you know working their mobs up for their cause. I said earlier today I'm being dragged to go see that movie A Star Is Born tonight with Lady Gaga. The rumor is Lady Gaga's fans are writing negative reviews on Venom. That's the other movie that's premiering tonight, that the big movie, and that, that they feel like those two are going to go head to head for box office sales. Wow! And so Lady Gaga, I don't know what they're called. Do are they Swifties or something? I don't, I don't know, know what they're called. But like they're, the monsters, little monsters. Okay, that's it. They're flooding the internet with like horrible Venom reviews to help drive down ticket sales so A Star is Born comes out ahead. See, people are just mobilizing their mobs. That's what's happening. If that's the case, that's really something. I have heard nothing but bad things about Venom. Everything I've read has been like, oh boy, that does not seem good. Oh my god, you mean to tell me a comic book movie is going to under-deliver on the hype? <laughs> oh my god, no way. You mean like every last comic book movie in the history of all of them? Oh my god. But at WRQK.com is the list of the most offensive TV shows of all time. Okay. Okay. Now, some of these, yes, some of them, no, obviously. 
So let's take a look at what they did and how they rated them and like what broke them down. Okay. Sexual violence was raised into this. Okay. Like 69% of the vote was like, you know what I mean? Some of this kind of stuff. Disability jokes were in there. Racial jokes, penises, vaginas, stereotypes, sex jokes, and non-sexual violence were what okay. all the things kind of like factored into what is offensive. Okay. okay. Now, number five, we're going to give you the top five here. Number five was married with children. Now, I remember when married with children... See, I have historical perspective on this stuff because I've been alive a lot longer than some of you listening. Some of you 30-year-olds think you know everything, but you don't, right? I've been alive a little longer. Only about 13 years, but still, <laughs> longer. But still longer. But there's, I remember these shows when they actually came out. Married with children upset the whole goddamn country. It upset everybody. Like that show, I remember there were pickets, like people were pissed, and sure enough, everybody tried to boycott Fox, right? Fox ended up becoming one of the biggest entertainment networks in that decade because your boycotts work the other way. Um, Married still holds up really well. It oh, shows yeah. on it's on like TBS early mornings usually. And uh sometimes I'll be like, you know, that weekend morning, that Saturday morning, and it's like, dude, that show's still pretty funny. It Real got, good. It got weird towards the end, but I'm not surprised to find it on that list. Yeah, every show gets weird by the end, so I can't knock it for that. But I loved Married with Children when it was out. It was a great show. All in the family only ranked at number four. That was such a just a visionary and front forward show. Norman Lear did such a good job with that show, and it caught all kind of heat in its day. And Norman Lear said, who would be, by the way, an, an incredible leftist in today's ideology, he said, he was like, look, to, this is representative of things that are happening in sure. this country, and to deny it is, is no longer okay. Um, I think that you, you bring it up that in its day, so when compared to modern things, it's of course going to fall a little bit less offensive just because it's like we've pushed that envelope in entertainment, like, you know, so far, so far. Yeah. So and again, I, who's voting on this younger versus older show? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I often say, I think kind of, you know, one of the problems there is I think people have misconstrued what the punchlines of that show were, where it was you like laughing at Archie being an idiot, not the other way, right? Not supporting him saying like, Oh, he talked for me it was oh my gosh can you believe the how how far out of bounds he is like take amy poehler right an extreme leftist and like one of those people who's constantly like a little social justice warrior-ish she named her kid archie because of how much she liked all in the family so you, you know what i mean so you can be an extreme leftist and still find things funny that today twitter would tell you is awful jerry springer's on the list number three most offensive tv shows of all time okay yeah i could see it yeah, I mean, I can see it, especially by all those factors. Like, yeah, yeah, you get like, fights, people yep. are screaming, you know, the obscenities and all that kind of stuff. Sure, wouldn't have made my list just because I didn't think of a talk show, but yeah, I guess it works. Family Guy, number two on the list of most offensive TV sure. shows. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, at the end of the day, animated shows get away with more just because the nature of cartoons, I That's guess. That's so true. But, dude, they don't pull punches. Like, there's no taboo subject to Family Guy constantly pushing boundaries. Exactly. And again, Seth MacFarlane, an extreme leftist. But yet, we'll still give you some race jokes in his show. We'll still give you some because he understands there's comedy in everything. In everything. It's what's your intent. That's what people no longer do. You just take the... Fantone said it best once on the show. Where I was trying to make the, the point of like... Back in the day when I was on the radio, you could just say stuff and nobody cared. You could just say it because people didn't really think it was your opinion. Now It was just a funny line. Now when you say something, it's your entire belief system. That's on you, not necessarily the person saying stuff. If that's the way you feel, like that's on you. 
Number one, most offensive TV show of all time, they say. And Fantone actually has this rated as the best television show of all time. The GOAT. South Park. Not, now, not even remotely surprised to hear that. Not No, because that's their whole bag. As a matter of fact, you just told me yesterday that the premiere of this uh, th- this season's kicking off really, really well. I guess they did. They handled, what, the school shootings? Yeah, and so week one was all about school shootings, and like legit, they're making jokes about school shootings. It's not just like in a very serious South Park. It's like, no, no there's legit joking about school shooting, and it's like, what? There's, what? There's nothing's funny about that. In that nothing's funny. In that episode, it's school shooting. Um, women having their period and black people. And those are the jokes that are being made throughout wow. that entire first half hour. Sounds great. Um, last week's episode, or this week's past episode, um, it was 100% about Catholic priests molesting kids. And it wasn't just like, oh, oh they've hey, gone here's... there before. I mean, yeah. but like, it was over the top blasphemy, bro. I know you and I are like, oh, dude, nobody does blasphemy better than you and I. No, Trey Ma- Parker, Parker Matt Stone do yeah, it a lot do. better than yeah, we do. Dude. Those guys have always done blasphemy a little bit better than we than we have. Yeah. But again, what's funny about that is, again, Cartman says it, you're fine. I say it, you want, you're out front of the radio station threatening advertisers. 22 years in, 22 seasons in, man, and that show I think is getting better. I, 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 wow. will, I will argue with anybody about this. The greatest show of all time when you look at peak of where it was, sustainability over an extended amount of time and it's not just like it's not just like oh my god can you believe Cartman's saying a dirty word anymore like there's real depth to that show and like character development and things that like it just draws you in year after year best show of all time in my opinion this is how long it's been since I've been a regular South Park viewer bigger longer and uncut it's dude it's so much better than that now I've seen episodes since then but that was the last time I was like a regular weekly viewer of that show I tried a couple episodes last season kind of fell a little flat on me but I do I want to check out these two now there were a couple of shows I was surprised did not make this list okay where is the Simpsons on this list I think if you go back and look at the Simpsons it's not going to stack up to these other two cartoons for sure. And like there, I think there's a lot of innocence in it almost where you go back and like, we were all pissed about this. Bart saying eat my shorts was, was racy. Even back then I thought eat my shorts. I was like, this is so, I mean, even when you watch the breakfast club and he says it, it's like, Oh God, how time capsule is that? Like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily fit, but the Simpsons, I mean, they kind of, I mean, the whole thing of remember a poo last year, they don't get it. They don't understand. They don't understand the plight of the seven 11 counter person. They don't, get it like there was that whole thing about a poo so i was surprised that didn't make the list do you have another couple of shows you thought thought like ah, what the hell's that um i guess once you throw maury povich or not maury povich uh, jerry springer into the mix there are going to be like well what about all these other you Martin know Downey jr show uh, right what about all that yeah. other crap that kind of gets along there but that's but they not, weren't big enough maybe maybe not big enough and 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 the fact that they weren't scripted or anything like that so so maybe that's a part of it um what's uh what do you what do you, what else you got the on Simpsons your list was really mine because that i remember like again my father was a minister when simpsons came out the world freaked oh, out dangerous dude it the was world like, freaked out i remember kind of like oh my god am i allowed to watch it like that whole thing so like the simpsons was the glaring miss for me a lot of people said Chappelle show um and i never really viewed the Chappelle show to be offensive i mean it was racy for sure but uh, but but again my line on what's offensive versus Everyone's the average human right? being like my line is like again i believe an artist should be able to go anywhere they want to go when is somebody going to be like the most offensive show at all the news. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can just hear Fox it. News, man! <laughs> CNN! That's offensive! 
Yeah, I know. You're both so goddamn snowflake. You just, you know what, conservatives? You know what, liberals? Just get together and bang it out. I'm so sick of the sexual tension between the two of you morons. Just get in the closet, play seven minutes in heaven, and get it over with. All right, I'll stop yelling right. and give you guys $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Get you hooked up with those Ghoul Brothers House of Horror tickets here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. We're talking the list of the most offensive TV shows of all time. Now, we gave you the top five. We'll run it back down for you. Number five, Married with Children, All in the Family at four, Jerry Springer at three, Family Guy at two, and South Park number one. Now, here's how they broke it down. Sexual violence, disability jokes, racial jokes, penises, vaginas, stereotypes, sex jokes, non-sexual violence. Right? That's how they did it. And so now I'm getting a ton of suggestions about stuff that was missed off the list. And some people are right about some stuff. Okay? The Man Show, back in the day. Right? Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, which is hilarious for who Jimmy Kimmel is today, right? <laughs> I mean, hilarious that that's what, that's what Jimmy Kimmel's start was. Well, actually, his start was on, in, on the radio in Southern California where he was really, really offensive back in the day. Now, don't get me wrong. People can grow and they can become a different thing or whatever. But like Jimmy very much likes to ignore what what his heritage is while being who he's trying to be for ABC out there now. Um, it, it's just very funny. I find Jimmy to be a little obnoxious with his opinions from time to time. I know that sounds crazy coming from me. Uh, Trailer Park Boys. Now, I don't watch this show. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I know it's a lot of drugs. I know it's a lot of F words and booze and stuff like that, but is it offensive? I mean, I, I haven't watched trailer park boys in a while. Like I haven't watched it since it went over to Netflix when it became like HD. Um, but like it's raunchy, but it's not like it's, I don't think it's offensive. There's no violence really. There's no, I don't know. No, I, w- I wouldn't put t- trailer park boys. on. Sean it. writes in and says, how about Aqua Teen hunger force? Now again, now see Phantom and I kind of <laughs> talked about this during the break. I think those shows were hot for a minute. I think if you're going to be on a list like this, you have to have been a massive show. I don't think Aqua Teen Hunger Force was a massive show. It was like big for like a hot minute. But if you look at this list, Married with Children was hot for 10 years. All in the Family was a big hit oh, for yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Springer's been on forever. Family Guy got re like re brought out because of how much the fan base loved it. South Park has been on for twenty years, whatever. It is. Yeah, we can't just pick like an obscure Adult Swim show and be like, and uh, Aqua Teen's not exactly obscure, but no. like we can't just pick these random Adult Swim shows and be like, no, this is it because no, nobody knows, nobody watches that. Now Philip wrote this one, and, and I feel like maybe we maybe they did miss this one on the list because this show has been out for a little while. It is really popular, and they do push the boundary quite a bit. It's always sunny in philadelphia yeah that show pushes boundaries yeah no i haven't been a regular viewer of it in a few seasons but i love that show when it came out i mean at its core the five of them are just five of the most morally reprehensible characters in the history of television so like yeah that 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 totally should be on. see and i'll give you another show again that i thought that i would put on a list of shows that i loved but was offensive but it wasn't big enough it wasn't out long enough but it was a comedy central show called strangers with candy that yeah. show, Stephen Colbert, again, by the way, wrote a ton of that, and it was wildly inappropriate and stuff that he would go, you can't do that anymore. It's very funny how that happens now. And 
it's just weird with some of these things because we're getting into, well, is it inappropriate or is it offensive or what is it? Because like there, I, I, I see what you're saying. I just don't because like the violence wasn't there. You know what I mean? Are inappropriate and offensive the same thing when talking about television? I don't necessarily think so. I think a lot of people make that argument, but You're I think conflating two things. Yeah, I think I think those are two two separate issues. They're they're closer than they are farther apart. The freeways probably run adjacent for a while. Okay, I can't I don't I can't speak to this cuz I don't watch it. I tried to watch two episodes and I did not get the appeal of this show. Rick and Morty. So I don't know. I've tried to watch a couple episodes too, and it's kind of how I knew I was old one day because I was like, "Damn, dude, I don't think this is funny at all. I don't, I, I don't yeah, like this at all." That's I did do. I was like, "I must be ninety because this show sucks." But it's hot, dude. It is. So it's like, hot. Yeah. It's been hot for a couple of years. So celebrity deathmatch was on the list. Okay. Uh, I don't remember it well enough. I mean, I know yeah. there was probably some off-color jokes in it. Um, on that note, though, I will say that I'm very, very, very surprised that WWE wasn't on this Monday Night Raw, and I can't, I can't, I can't believe when you asked me, like, well, what, what's off it? Either Raw or SmackDown? I mean, it's not necessarily as bad as it once well, was. Well, objectified women. Yeah, 100%. Played way into racial stereotypes. 100%. And has its entire career. Now, they're getting, they're moving away from that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, like... Well, I don't know. I don't oh, watch it's, it. A, it's a little bit better than it was. It's maybe not as on the nodes as it once was with okay. stuff. But, like, if you go back to... Nikolai to the, Volkov? Well, I no. Mean, if you go back to the early 2000s, the late 90s, early 2000s, when okay. the quote-unquote attitude era was popping, I mean, like, dude, sex violence and, like, uh, even, like, uh, like, like, alluding to, like, like, sexual assault and, like... I mean, dude, a woman gave birth to a hand at one point, and they kicked a, they kicked what was was shown as like a live baby. Like there was a million things where it was just like, ooh, there is zero taste here. Well, I'll tell you what would never fly today is when Stone Cold Steve Austin made fun of Jake the Snake's recovery. Oh, you yeah. could not do that today. Dude, you could not do one of the guys today. in Legion of Doom was such an alcoholic. Vince McMahon put like a stunt dummy of him up on thing, and he was like, "Oh my god, he's so drunk, he fell off the Titantron, and it was nothing." They used to call Kane the Big Red Retard, like it was nothing, dude. The Big Red Retard was like a normal statement on it, and it's just, it, 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 yeah. I mean, for that era, this, WWE should definitely be a part of this list. Beavis and Butthead. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, at the time, how dangerous was it? Like, oh, people freaked out. Yeah. I remember, like, I was in high school when Beavis and Butt had premiered, and I remember, like, we took the day off. Like, we were, because they, again, they premiered right. it some, for some reason in the middle of the day. And I remember me and my buddy Jim and, and like, two other of uh, my buddies, we all stayed home and we were like, we're watching that. And it was that, that show took the nation by storm. And I was actually surprised the reboot of that didn't last a little longer than it did. I think what happened there is he signed on for one season, said, I'm doing these 10 episodes and I'm done. Mike Judge was like, this is what I'm going to give you. It's not, it's, this, from what I remember, was that, like, he always had it set up that way. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Chris writes in, says, shameless. Says maybe it goes a little under notice because it's on a paid network like Showtime. Yeah, it's a yeah, but I guess people, you know what it is with there, Chris, is that people are expecting their shows to push the envelope a little bit more on HBO and Showtime than they are on like FX and like stuff like that. Do you watch Shameless? I was. I don't have Showtime right now. Uh. Um, but I do like that show. That it, show's pretty it's good. It's one of those shows everyone says, dude, you gotta watch it, you gotta watch it. It's I just, good. I just never have. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dude, if you got, if, if you right. have access, it, like, start catching up, because that show was actually really good. Now, the best one of these I saw, and I hate to give this guy credit for anything, because all we do is argue, <laughs> but he's dead right on this. All right. And it was a one-time event only. It, they, they do it every year, but the, but the time he's talking about was one-time only. And that was when Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction happened. And he's right, because that changed media for yeah, a whole. Now, I mean, again, I talk about this all the time, because I was on the radio when this happened. 
Like I remember, like I remember this happening, and our company freaked out. We took songs off the air that of certain things. We stayed away from Janet for a while. It wasn't sure. Meanwhile, remember the whole country was racist because they were blaming Janet, and it was a white guy, Justin Timberlake, that ripped it off. And nobody, I mean, dude, people were losing their minds over that. As a matter of fact, Forgot remember George Bush? He was trying to win an election, and I know for a fact. He picked up the phone and called his buddy, who was running a radio company because they're from the same little town, Texas. And he called him and said, "Look, man, I'm trying to win this. I'm trying to win a morality war. You got I need to win this election now. You're gonna, you're gonna shut up them Howards. You're gonna shut up them Bubbas, and we're gonna clean this up." And that's exactly how it happened. He's right. They that that event changed media forever. Like, dude, radio. And meanwhile, it happened on TV, and radio's the one that came under war after that. It was Howard Stern was in the crosshairs after that. Bubba the Love Sponge was in the crosshairs after that. They weren't on TV. They weren't the ones singing. They weren't the ones dancing around. They weren't the ones with the wardrobe malfunction, but they were the ones who were working for George Bush's best friend from his hometown in Texas. Welcome to welcome to powerful people being able to do things since the beginning of time. It's almost disgusting when you think about it. More Sansbury Show right around the corner, but first, let's pass out these Ghoul Brothers House of Horror tickets. We'll take caller 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back with more Sansbury Show. You guys hang on. The Sansbury Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, your opportunity at $1,000. So we were talking offensive TV shows. And Phantom was like, dude, I can't believe the WWE didn't make it. And then he told me and all of you that apparently Kane, who once chokeslammed me, by the way, I got chokeslammed by Kane once, that Kane was referred to as, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, the big red retard. Yeah, and he's like the mayor of Knoxville now, and it wasn't even like... Oh, yeah, that's right. That wasn't even like that big of a deal. Like, The Rock just called him that one time in a promo, and it was just like, all right, it <gasps> caught on. Wow, The Rock, Paul huh? Dwayne Johnson right wow, there. Wow, a little leftist uh, going, going, going retard, huh? Yeah, so Not I mean... nice, don't do that. It, 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 you know, Sandsbury's like, I can't believe they did that. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, and I, I Googled during the break, the top most offensive moments in WWE history. Yeah, be number one. Not even on the list, dude. What? Not even on the goddamn list. What? There was a point, this wasn't exactly when I was watching wrestling, but I've heard about it numerous times. This once again involves Kane, the Undertaker's brother, and uh, he was fighting Triple H at the time. There was like a necrophilia gimmick going on, that there was this woman that was Kane's girlfriend, she ends up dead, and Triple H like screws her, dude, Like, like bangs her out in a casket, and they're talking about it like it's no big deal. There was one point with Triple H and Stephanie he married her yeah. under uh, in the show. He married her. They are she, married. Though. Yeah, they are okay. in real life. Okay. She was roofied when she w- when she got married. And later that night, he talks about how he had sex with her body. And it's just like, dude, are you friggin' kidding me? So Big Red Retard, maybe not the most PC thing in the world, but not even on the list, dude. Did he Cosby'd her? Cosby'd her, man. Cosby'd her. The boss's daughter. Like, that's the whole thing. Dude, you thought that you got mossed was bad, <laughs> but Cosby, <laughs> way worse. Way worse, dude. Wow, dude, making jokes, like, honestly, playing on the fact of so, that you drugged a woman and had sex with her? A dead woman, a, your boss's daughter, whatever. And we talk about, like, racial things, dude. Outside of, like, New Day, and kind of right now, the WWE has made an effort to be like, hey, we're fighting childhood cancer. Hey, we're fighting breast cancer. Right, we hey, care. You know, right. we care. That's really one of their things. Sure. But, like... 
as a whole, dude, if you are if you're a minority and you're in wrestling, you're the stereotype of your minority. It's not like you just get to be like it's not like you just get to be like, all right, well, we got you know two athletic black guys. Let's get them in a tag team together. And it's not just like they can pick their name. It's no, you're crime time. You guys are thugs, like you're gangsters. If you're, if you're, is that a thing? Crime time? Well, it was a thing. Yeah, I don't think they're, I don't think they're still wrestling, but like stuff like that, where it's just even like you look back early '90s, like in the Sergeant, well, the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, and all that stuff. Hogan, Hogan versus Slaughter, when he was an Iraq sympathizer, like he was, he wasn't just like, I mean, he was S and Saddam's D, dude. He was like over the top with it, and I guess maybe that's what it is. Is you look at it from the perspective, and this is all fake, but so is the Simpsons, so is South Park. So is Family Guy. I can't believe that WWE did not make this list. Can't believe it. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Necrophilia, date rape. Dude, make them fun of suicides. Dude, I mean, when wrestlers die, it often becomes part of the story. So like Eddie Guerrero died. They were brutal to his family. Just absolutely brutal to it. At one point, 2007, I think it was, um, Trump and Rosie were really going at it. Yeah. So he had, so McMahon had impersonators come out and when I say he was going over the when they were going over the top like like the thunderous lesbian I think is what they were calling her and it just was it just wasn't even like nobody blinked an eye oh my god dude Vince again I'll say the same thing about Vince McMahon that I said about Donald Trump that guy understands America better than America understands him at one point Vince McMahon was fighting God you know what I'm saying? Like, there were miscarriages involved, and people are mocking that. Oh, my God. Funerals. Miscarriages? Yeah, dude. Like, like, I, I, and it was, I can't remember. Someone was banging Lita, and he knocks her off the rope, and, oh, it's this miscarriage line. And it's just like, God, guys, this is pro wrestling. It did not have to go to this. Wow. Wow. Whatever it takes to move units, though, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Jeez. Big Red Retard doesn't make the list of top 10 most <laughs> offensive things ever. I can't. Dude, I'm not. See, here's the thing. I can say that because we're telling you what had happened. But if I just said that next break and just called Fantone that, believe me, I'm probably not here next we're week. We're having a conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Suspended, probably. Probably, yeah. probably keep my job, but probably suspended, and I don't want to be that for no. sure. Like, Jesus, Vince McMahon, teach me the ways, buddy. <laughs> teach me your ways. First Friday tonight, a lot of you going to be trolling the bars looking for a piece of strange. Here's what happens. Sometimes you take her home and the condom breaks. We're going to teach you what to do when the condom breaks, and we'll also get you hooked up with $1,000. That's next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ratio. About to hook you up with $1,000 here momentarily. Mushroom Head tickets around 9.30. It's first Friday, downtown Canton tonight. Always busy down there for these. I believe the theme this uh, this month is glow. It's okay. all about like glow and light up stuff. I know uh, like Sixth Street Yoga is doing like a like a glow yoga class, um, which I've been meaning to get back into yoga, and that's probably where I'm going to start doing that at. Cause it's pretty close to my house there. So good for you. So good for your core. So good for the golf game. It's supposed to be pretty decent weather, right? Today, chance of rain, but it's going to be early in the afternoon. So yeah, I would assume first Friday will be popping. It'll be banging down there. We're gonna go. Okay. We're going to Bender's for dinner, and then we'll be, you know, we'll walk around do do some of that kind of stuff. But a lot of you are gonna be in the bars looking for somebody to take home. Welcome to Friday night. Welcome to First Friday. Welcome to you know beer and bars. That's the way it works. That's what most people are there for, looking for a connection. And sometimes when you go home, you end up having sex. Now, don't have sex with somebody that doesn't want it. No. Make sure they're not inebriated. Yeah. Right. 
And let's practice safe sex, guys. Let's wear condoms out there, okay? Especially in these situations, dude. If we're talking about picking up a piece of strange, God bless you, dude. Go out there and do it, but right. you both want to be wearing, yeah. Wear sure, the condom. Make sure there's a condom. You get into there. a relationship, you both go get tested and this and that. You want to take the condoms off? I get it. That's what relationships are for. Part of it is so you don't have to wear condoms anymore. That's what a guy would say anyway. You know what I mean? I'll go, okay, great. I don't have to wear this anymore, right? But sometimes they break the condoms. Okay, so let's make sure you're putting them on correctly, but double check to make sure you're using the correct technique when putting on the condom. Leave room at the tip, obviously, for the reservoir there, and then, you know, there there you go. Okay, we'll just, we'll just move forward from there. But another thing that can help condoms break down and then end up ripping while in the art of, uh, well, the lovemaking, is certain lubes will break down pl- the, like the rubber you know, components in condoms. Yeah, and I think part of the problem is there is when you have sex with a condom, if it's going to be any length of time, lubrication can become an issue there. So you're just grabbing whatever or spitting, and it's like, well, all of a sudden it's ripped, and it's like, yeah, dude, it's rubber. It's a very thin piece of latex there. It, plenty of things can, can can you know, give it issues. They say vegetable oil, coconut oil, and petroleum jelly will weaken and damage condoms. If you're using latex condoms, they try... They say try wick, wicked aqua-based water lubricant and unscented at just nine sixty-five per can. I think most lubes should are be nine six nine. Nine sixty nine. Um, I think most lubes are going to tell you whether they are or are not appropriate. But if you're using vegetable oil, good God, what are you guys doing? Like, what the, <laughs> the hell are we talking about? Here? Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you're doing it on a budget. You know All what right. I mean? All right. To prevent a condom from breaking again in the future, make sure you're storing them and putting them uh, on correctly, storing them in in, in the right situation. If you're well-endowed, your condoms may be a little uh, too small for you, then they're going to rip. And if you're a little on the smaller end there, your condom may slip off, and so, you know, that's as bad as a tear in the condom. I've never had a condom fall off. If you are just, like, ripping through condoms, like, hats off to you, dude. Good grief, man. What are we talking about? Condoms, you can, like, pull them over your arm. I can remember putting them on my head when I was in, like, seventh grade, and you guys were just tearing through them with your dong? Well, J- <laughs> to J.R. Smith's out there passing so out pipe. Apparently. That, that's, what, that, that's what he's wow. doing. And again, if the condom breaks, get tested for an STI. Please, yeah. for the sake of all of us, do that. Right? Do that. You, everybody should be doing it, honestly, about once a year anyway. Yeah. If you're probably se- more. If you're sexually active, I mean, like, it's just a responsibility that you have. You kind of you need to make sure you don't have, you know, critters down there. Okay. If the condom is broken and you've already ejaculated, they say go to the bathroom right away. Theoretically, urinating afterwards might help push out some of the pathogens, so there's no harm in doing that. That's from a gynecologist, oh, Doctor Karen Broadman. Told yeah, us I that. can remember my health care or my um my my health teacher telling us that that like after having sex, if you want to avoid STIs, that's a at least a step in the right direction there. If your partner has a vagina, meaning if you were having you know opposite sex sex there, okay. they should also urinate immediately and wash with warm soap and water, cleaning off. ASAP, and it may help to uh, decrease exposure to sperm and viruses. I, okay. I always have to pee anyway afterwards. I feel like that's a, no matter what just happened, like, yeah, if I, if, if I got there, I need to go pee. Yeah, it's like, ready, break. And right. like every, every, it's like a race oh, to the bathroom. Right, okay, I got pee. two in my house. So it's like, yeah, it's like a high five. Thanks for that. Everybody go pee. Right? If your partner does not want to become pregnant and the condom is ripped, just go to the store and get plan B. Yeah. Just go get a plan B. Now, it's, I know, it's expensive. 
I know. But so is picking up a kid every other weekend from that chick's house. Right. So is paying for braces. So is paying for college. Let's compare $75 and $250,000 and see which one's more expensive yeah, there, dude. Right? Come on. Because it was Come yesterday on. we did that story where on average from like birth to like 18, it's like 230 grand to raise a kid. It's expensive. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Now they say if the condom is broken and you have not ejaculated yet... You're fine. Just take that one off and put another one on. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know if this is serious or not, but you hear guys say jokes all the time or say things all the time, and I don't want anybody walking away thinking that you should do this. Okay? But some of you are worried about sensitivity. Some of you are worried about being a little premature with your ejaculation. I get it. That's the, Dude, it's a, it, that is a common fear amongst men. I don't think anyone's bragging about that. Like, dude, you know what, man? Finish one dude in two minutes. Got right. it done. A lot of you guys are worried about that, yeah. and I understand it. A lot of men worry about it, right? So what you'll hear men say a lot, I'm going to double it. Or, man, that chick's so slutty, double it up. That's the dumbest thing. Do, do two condoms. For some of you, some of you who are listening are on a little bit of a lower end. And if you're getting educated on this stuff in the hallway between, like, study hall and any English. Your idiot buddy doesn't know what he's talking about. Two condoms on top of one another, those rubbers, are the, the rubber in them, the latex in them will rub together and then ultimately tear, and you're going to create more problems with that. You don't want to be doing that. I mean, take proper precautions with yourself, no question. But if if you think that like, well, double bag it, man, double bag it. It works. It works at the grocery store. It's like, well, genitals are different, dude. You're not putting a, a, a gallon of milk in there. You're well, maybe I don't know how much you're putting in there. I, I have no idea. This guy just wrote in. He's like, dude, I currently have a 12 year old girl and her mom inside my store, and they're sitting on the front and the radio's on. And all of a sudden, you go, here's how to put a condom on. <laughs> all right, Bryant, that's the one's on you, buddy. I. <laughs> I guess That's you know what I mean. Dude. Like I, uh, I, you know, I told somebody yesterday, dude. PG thirteen is not really what we do here. You know what I mean? As much as I possibly can to, you know, to stay on the radio and not get fired off of it. But it's first Friday, man. A lot of people are out there are going to want to be throwing it around. And I would like at less STIs and less unwanted children yeah. running around. So I, you know, I'm giving out the education. You know, I'm doing the Lord's work in here, and I'm not. You know what I mean? You, no, you quit trying to silence me. You tell that lady, you know what? She's getting an education for free. No, don't tell her that. No. You probably want her to shop at your store no. again. We're passing out a thousand dollars every hour. Your shot at nine o'clock is well right now. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword bank to two six nine. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock One Six Nine. Online at wrqk.com and passing out mushroom head tickets for their show October twenty seventh. World famous Cleveland Agora. We'll get you into that. I'm looking at here what will be the most popular Halloween candy this this year. Okay. Starting some places you and I have lived. California. Skittles was theirs. Skittles are good, but eh. I'm not a fan. Eh, I'm not right. I'm not a ta- I'm not a taste the rainbow fan. I don't I'm not into those kind of candies. My girlfriend loves them and she loves sour Skittles. I dude, I can't do sour candy. People who are like, oh yeah. Oh, sour like sour patch kids ah. and that kind of stuff. I love yeah. that stuff. Gross, dude. Oh, dude, we're going to the movies today. Yeah, we'll probably do the dollar store stuff, everything in her purse, and like do that whole thing. There you go, keeping it real classy. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> Stop oh, by yeah. Wendy's beforehand, throw a cheeseburger in there. Who cares? Oh, dude, that drunk ass will probably bring Moscato <laughs> with her. <laughs> Sorry, honey. <laughs> that one's gonna get me in trouble. Uh, Nevada, where I lived, candy corn, which is the grossest candy ever. It just tastes like armpits. Don't ask me how I know. 
Well, I think once I'm into it, weird things. This goes into the pumpkin argument of like if 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 candy corn was really that good, there would be a year round alternative to it. Like there would be like candy cane or candy corn candy canes. There would be candy corn like, like spring eggs or something like that. Ooh. It's a it's a it, it's there's a reason like why it. it's only got one month. I like it. Now Washington saltwater taffy, which is delicious. Yeah, I like the taffy. That's not a, that's not a Halloween candy to me though. If I got that at Halloween, I'd probably be like, "What the hell is this, old lady?" That's fair. Michigan likes candy corn, of course they do. Ugh. That godless state up north. Ugh. Oh, dude, Kentucky though, and I love these. I'll probably get these at the theater today. Well, dollar store. The Swedish fish, <laughs> so good. I like Swedish fish. The only thing I don't like about Swedish Swedish fish is there's no variety in the taste. Like once you tear into it, it is what it is. There's no newness. I usually look at gummies to be like different flavor. Okay, I could see, I could see that. I like the Swedish fish enough okay. though. Like I used to drink that Swedish fish vodka actually. Oh, yeah, that out. There you go. Texas likes the Reese cups as well, but here in Ohio. Last year, it was Blow Pops was the most popular Halloween candy. What? What? M&M's taking over again. What? Number one. Now, I do not personally care for the standard M&M, but you bring out those peanut M&M's, oh, good. And I'll tell you what I bought the other night when we were watching movies at the house. These are new. The caramel M&M's, bruh. Really? Oh, okay. Like I bought them, and she was like, "Well, caramel's not really my thing." And my face lit up. I was like, "Oh, yes. dear, thank God!" Because I bought two packs, and they were delicious. Now, is it candy coated shell caramel chocolate? Is or is it just caramel? In it's there? no, no, no. It's you get a thin layer of all of that. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, okay. it's a, like kind of standard thing, and it was so. Those were so good. The peanut butter ones are good too, but those caramel M and M's were legit. Yeah, I don't hate on M and M's, dude. If you give me one of the brown packs of M and M's right there, I will be more than happy with it. But it's just not the number one. There's, it's not even the number one M and M, dude. So how is it going to be the number one candy? I, you know what it is? It's, I, I don't think this list is like what the number one thing people want to eat for Halloween. It's the number one thing they're buying, they're buying for, Halloween. for Halloween. And M&M's is kind of one of those things. It's like that candy. It's kind of like iPod. No matter what kind of MP3 player you have, you know what I mean? You think candy, you do think M&M's. And I guess if we are, you know, living in the day and age of food allergies, which, by the way, doesn't make somebody a pussy for having one. It's not like, oh, my God, look at these weak-ass kids nowadays. Kids got a food allergy. I don't. I don't want them to die. Kids have been allergic so, to peanut butter forever. So like, so like peanut M and M's off the list. Snickers bars off the list. Even Reese's cups off the list right there. So yeah, I guess I can't say I'm shocked that they're buying M and M's, plain M and M's. All right. Now I didn't talk about this story all week. Okay. And I don't know why, because I, it's perplexed me for a week. Okay. And I can't figure out what's going on here. But out of Atlanta. Brandon Lee Nelson was arrested because he stole, listen to this, 150 pounds. Now you're thinking, weed, coke. Yeah, dude, a lot of right? drugs right weed, there, man. Coke. No, waffle mix. So I don't know what's happening down there at Culture <laughs> Waffles, but apparently Mike's, Mike's, Mike's buying some of that black market waffle mix. 150 pounds of waffle mix this guy sold and then was selling it to other people. Now, they quote here, Nelson, 33, of Atlanta, had a stream of buyers that would contact him for the waffle mix and he would provide it when contacted. 
That's the thing I've often wondered about, like, you know, high profile like cases of like, oh, my God, the art was stolen. or Oh, look at the diamond heist. It's like you have to have somewhere to go. But at least those are things of value in the sense of like, all you right, you got to know the fence. Right. Sure. But 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 waffle mix. I, and I remember when when Tide was getting stolen all the time and people were like, well, where's the Tide? Who are they selling that to? And it's like, well, everybody washes their clothes. Who's making that many waffles? Like who who's in the waffle game that deep? I feel like you and I got to go drive around this afternoon so I can show you that not everybody's out there washing their clothes. What a statement that was. Mushroom Head playing the Agora on the 27th. Let's get you hooked up. Caller 20 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Close out the program for the week. Next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. 9. And all I got to say is it's Friday. And everybody help me say the sinner's prayer. Say, oh, God. Oh, my night. Clint Parker. Melinda Brown Duncan, baby. And Josh Rock and Roller. A friend of mine said to me the other day, why don't you write a song about all this NFL stuff? So here it goes. It's called Kick the Dust Up. You know, the Confederates were able to shoot pterodactyls. If he were habitual homosexuals, then by all means, take a hike. I thought I like women! Women, 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 women! Get him out of here. Out. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and f*** my sister. We're, we're very, very close to being a great team, but uh, that's it. We're not there yet, and so we have a lot of work to do. Wow! There's a dirty little secret. You told Clint? To turn around and take off his pants? Yes. And did he? Yes. And I just gave him a couple swats. You gonna die doing this dumb ass, yeah. you fool? Open your mouth so I can give you this milk. Open your mouth, man. I gotta do you like my two-year-old baby. The truth of the matter is, you were not a good baby. Well, you ain't seen nothing, my friend, until you have a flame coming out of your butthole and you need an asbestos diaper to be able to keep that flame from burning a hole in your pants. You ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't know nothing about it, but I learned quick, fast, and hurt. What? Mayfield fires, pass, is caught at the 35. Bam, all upside his head, just slapped him. They can make you slap somebody. So kiss my black I thought the bitch was white. Not okay. Make fun of my nose. They call me ugly. They say I have no friends. Yeah, I'm going to talk to him like that, and I'm going to talk to you like that. Clint Parker. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Shannon's going to get choked up with $1,000 shortly after 10 a.m. We'll get into what we're going to do here in the weekend here momentarily, but Fantone said something to me during the break that I can't shake off. I just can't. Okay. Now, midterms are coming up in November, and here's the reason why we started talking about it, because Uber and Lyft are offering free rides to your polling places. People that can't get there, hey, look, we're going to help you out, right? So I thought that was kind of cool. And then I saw the unemployment rate falls to like 3.7%, right? It's the lowest it's been since 1969. Welcome to a good economy. And a lot of people want to applaud the president for this. Now, I don't know... If he's responsible for it or not, I suspect that you can't make that happen in a year. Now, I suspect that you can't do enough in a year to make that fall to the lowest it's been since 1969. Now, the thing that I find funny about it, the president of the United States of America, President Donald J. Trump, on the on the campaign trail, repeatedly said unemployment numbers are fake. Unemployment numbers are faked. Oh, did he? They are doctored. The real unemployment is near 20%. 
as soon as he got into office, he's like, no, these numbers are right, dog. These are perfect. And now that it's down to 3.9, he's like, no, dude, I'll take all the credit for that. Okay, see, I, I had forgotten that. See, okay, that's interesting. That is, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, but I just don't think you could do enough in a year to make that possible. Do I think he's removing some regulations, making it easier for some businesses to move around? For sure he is, but I don't think you could give So maybe part of it is under his administration. I don't think you could take credit for all of it. Okay, and then Fantone then turned around and said this to me, and I was like, wow, never put it through that filter, and this is an interesting examination of this stat. Donald Trump honestly might be the best thing that has ever happened to the Democratic Party in the sense of if this was any other Republican in office right now and the economy was performing like it is, you'd never win again, dude. If this was John Kasich up there, if he would have won the presidency, if he would have won the Republican nomination and it was Principal Skinner, President Skinner up there, just as boring as can be, generic, you know, white bread, homogenized dude up there, and the unemployment rate was under 4%, dude, Democrats would never win again. The fact that they have the Trump boogeyman to fight right now yeah. is a blessing and a half to them. They can they can throw the ultimate Cretan card back up at 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 the performance rate of the country. You're right. You're right. Even Ted Cruz. Any of them, dude. Any I of think them. people go, oh my God, look what's happening, and they just ride with it. Now, I know Mitt Romney was made out to be the boogeyman, but even even that it, it all before this though, good all, luck's fitting him for that black hat now. It all pales in comparison to President Trump for and sure. the ultimate villain that he has yeah. become, whether justly or unjustly is a conversation for another time. But at the end of the day, I think any president that was sitting right now would be sitting at the same economic pace that they are. And if, in, the, in the same zone. In the same Let's general vicinity. Vicinity, let's but say that. Especially any Republican would probably be in the same position because they probably would have made a lot of the same choices of deregulation and stuff. For sure. And if this person, if you couldn't point to him and say... Here's, you Racist. know, sexist, right? We grab him by the vagina, all these different things that I'm sorry, at the end of the day, President Trump has to have some ownership on. If, if Democrats didn't have that boogeyman to fight, dude, it would be lights out over for the next like 20 years. Dude, when you said that to me during the break, I was like, man, I'm never going to forget that. Like, that's one of those things that that's going to sit with me all weekend. Yeah, President Kasich, dude, just sitting up there, then they'd be done. But you got the boogeyman. Wow. Wow, what are you doing this weekend, buddy? Uh, I am actually heading out into the woods, dude. I am. Uh, I'm going the woodsman. I'm going deep. Me. This is the uh, weekend that me and a bunch of my buddies from high school we get a cabin, and it's become a yearly tradition oh, for I thought us. Maybe your girl didn't shave. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, no, all right. No, You're no, actually no, doing no. stuff. Okay. No, yeah, I'm going. Uh, I'm going up to New York actually. So uh, as soon as we get done with here, as soon as we turn the mics off, I'm going home, grabbing my bags, and. Uh, Heading up, uh, heading up, heading up north. Bags of what? No, I uh, <laughs> well, don't so, worry. You do this like once a year with these guys, right? Yeah, and it's cool. It, like the thing is, is you know, every year and all the time as you get older, you always tell your friends like, "Hey, yeah, we'll see you, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make stay plans friends. and we'll do these things." The fact that we have like, yo, this is a weekend, and some of these guys I haven't seen since this weekend last year. The fact that it's like, no, this is the weekend. We're committed to it. We all like each other. We just don't see each other. It's cool, and I, I really am excited to go do it this yeah, weekend. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. What man. do you got going on? What's your story? Well, we're gonna go see a star is born at four twenty five today, so okay. she can like, I don't know, ruin a theater chair watching <laughs> Bradley Cooper. 
Apparently, she just wants to ruin theater seats for some reason. So we're going to go do that. And then my buddy Seth down at Canton Cycle, they're having a big event outside of Canton Cycle tonight. And they are uh, like they got some like stunt guys on Harleys doing awesome. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So some of that kind of stuff. So I'm going to stop by there. We're going to check that out for a little while. And then uh, we'll be over at Bender's to have dinner. And then, you know, we'll just be floating up and down Cleveland Avenue Good for, for First Friday kind of doing that whole thing. Bartending a wedding tomorrow. And then Brown Sunday, Baker Mayfield, oh, yeah. man. Baker oh, Mayfield. Yeah. I uh, Again, man. Greatest show on, you know, turf, I guess. I don't <laughs> greatest know. show on something? On greatest show on something. <laughs> okay. I was wrong on the kid, man. He looks like he's going to be pretty good. So I'm, uh, I'm very interested. I think the Browns probably lose, but this game, they, they, I said it. They're going to beat a team they should not beat, and how awesome would it be if it happened to be the Ravens? I don't like the line at all. It's Browns getting three. I don't like it enough. I got murdered on the two nah. and a half last week. Nah. I'm not coming over top this week. But uh, aside from that, Shannon's going to get you guys hooked up with $1,000 shortly after 10 a.m. Podcast will be up at WRQK.com shortly after 10 a.m. And we'll talk to you again Monday morning, 6 a.m. or Rock 106.9. You guys have a great weekend. Be safe. See ya. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9.